This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of yeah, the contributors, yeah, not necessarily those yeah, of all yeah. God, I believe me. Well, here we are, the last Trump net of 2023, as we'll be having a, a nice Christmas break next week to allow everyone to enjoy um, the festivities and the new year. So this week, with my Joel and myself, to discuss uh, all the on and off-field developments. Yes, we are going to talk about the off-field developments, although there's been plenty going on on the field. Uh, we've got Charlie Appleyard from the board. Welcome along, Charlie. Thanks for joining us. Good day, Free. Yeah, but I like what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, start as we always do. Um, for the first time in uh, podcast history, Charlie and, and Joel, um, I made a, a daft prediction that we were going to win 5 0 at Doncaster, and it's never come true before, Joel. <laughs> Talk me through that. How did I get that right? I know. Uh, obviously, some kind of prophetic glue that you were sticking this week. But uh, <laughs> I've, had a, yeah, I've had quite a few comments about the. Uh, your prediction on the pub on the pub last week, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty going off going on off the pitch, but also there's five goals away from home uh, going on on it, so that's quite nice to be able to talk about as well. And it was it it, it was yeah, just a really really good performance, and there's a lot that's going to go over. I thought our shape was good. We we broke up uh, we broke up their play well. We counted well. We when we got a bit of, when we got kind of grooving on the ball, our passing and movement was really really good. And there was a lot of what we wanted to see, but I think. A couple of, I think, a couple of things I want to pick out about the performances are, there's a couple of individual performances that I think are worth going over. I think one of them for me is Adam Smith. So it seems funny to talk about a goalkeeper when you've won 5 0. But after we went 1 0 up, uh, I thought there was a period of maybe 15, 20 minutes where Doncaster kind of found their way back into the game. They put us under the cosh a bit. Uh, you know, it's lead two. I think you, you, you're going to have these moments. It's 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 just football in general as well. You have these ebbs and flows, even in five nil games and stuff. And you know, we've they've had a couple of pretty good. You know, they've gotten the ball into the box. They've had a, a couple of chances from pretty close range. And uh, Anne Smith's done really well to kind of come out, smother it, make a couple of good stops. And you know, that's kind of kept it at one nil. And they and those were really really important stops. And they kind of lead into my next point and my next player I talk mentioned is Eli King because he's got the first goal and then we've had that period when we've been a bit a little bit under the cosh. Adam Smith made those two stops and then King's got the ball in the deep position, done a lovely, lovely dummy to turn his turn his way past a man, played that three ball for Mellon, which he's eventually scored from. And you know, Jeb was talking on the pod last week about how Eli King's developed into somebody who can kind of take the take the game by the scruff of the neck. And yeah. I think that was pretty much a perfect example. Not only obviously the first goal was in itself, but then in that period when we're maybe a little bit on the on the cosh, doing something like like the little dummy did to take the ball away from uh, Doncaster midfield and then play a ball through. That just set the dynamic of the game. It gave us an extra cushion, and obviously after half time we've come out, we've hit them again. And yeah, it, it was really pleasing to see. And then it gave us the opportunity to play some really nice football in the second half. I thought. I think the other thing that's worth mentioning as well is the set pieces. I mean, we go back to Newport when we got we were we created more from open play than Newport. Newport 
created based nothing from open play. But yeah, we, 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 we were useless at defending set pieces. It, you know, we can't lie. We, we were terrible at them. And obviously, Jed's gone away and done some fantastic work. And then it's going to come full circle. Now we're the ones battering another team with set pieces. And I thought, I think we can all see what the tactic is. We've got those kind of looping deliveries, really bombing into the six-yard box, kind of coming around the back post. And we're piling the six-yard box. But I think the secondary effect that we managed to get from that, and obviously we've scored from directly from a corner with Mellon's fifth goal. We, we've come close on a couple of other occasions, but I think the secondary effect, which is where two of the goals come from, Eli King's the first goal and, and Jacob Badeau is just at the start of the second half, it's that second phase from corners. The ball's coming out. Yeah, okay, maybe like maybe Doncaster will defend that, that initial corner, but it'll come out to the edge of the area. People, We've got people on hand and under less pressure to be able to pick up the ball, move it around again and get a goal-scoring opportunity. And that's where two of our goals have come from. So... It, in itself, it's they're dangerous deliveries and we look like we might score from them. But also, if the ball gets cleared, we've got space to be able to gonna do something with it when we get the ball back up the edge of the area and that's in that kind of second phase. So there was, there was a lot of really good stuff in that performance. So hopefully it's confidence boost, boost and something we can really kick on with. And Charlie, it's um it's gratifying when you watch something like that. Obviously, five nil away from home. Uh, there can't be any complaints. There was a good turnout from the fans on the day. Um, everybody's been purring about the, the goal we scored that went back to front. Uh, I think credit a little bit to Adam Mayer for not going down because I, I thought that was, it looked like a penalty to me, but he stayed, he, he, he went down and got up quickly, knocked it back to David Chitonda, who then decided, oh, I think I'll smash this in the top corner. Amazing. I mean, it was a hundred times better performance than many other, many other teams in, in the UK, I thought. Um, <laughs> um subtle uh, it was uh it was great to watch wasn't it i mean it, it, i'm just so pleased for jed you know um we, we went he went to uh he had to deal with um with derek going and Jake, john max being ill we had a few rumblings off the off to see things that might be unsettling off the pitch which we're trying to sort out and then he lost. Then he had. I think he had an interview after 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 the Wrexham game. Uh, yeah. And uh, he lost six nil. Uh, maybe that's the wrong way around. Maybe he had an interview before the Wrexham game. But I can't remember the exact uh, chronology there. But yeah, he, we said to him, "Don't worry about the Newport game either. You know, if, if, if you win, brilliant. But don't don't be getting upset. Don't be getting stressed. You know, you're you're a long term long term choice." He's, very humiliated, very hardworking, very, very ambitious, lovely guy. And then, then we went one nil up and I was I was saying to Greg Strong, uh, Greg actually came along for a pie at the Newport game. I said about Alex Kenyon actually and um and Greg and went one nil up and said, here we go. Then two one down, then then we lost, and then don't worry about it. And then he's obviously gone to Wickham, got a good result, and um and then um and then the situation with uh with uh, him getting, getting the results of his uh, philosophy, I think it's, it's really attacking, really, really exciting, and the players obviously want to play for him. I'm absolutely delighted for Jed. Um, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy, and must be a bit of baptism of fire into the management of football, football uh, league too, right? Must be very, 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 very. I bet he hasn't slept very much in the last couple of weeks. No, he looked, looked a bit shell shocked on the pod last week, to be fair. But then again, it's probably come as a bit of a, a whirlwind for him, hasn't it? Uh, interesting, Joel mentioned there, and I think there is, um, you know, there is something to be said for Adam Smith um, 
you know, his form has been, well, people were questioning uh, his abilities when we lost 6-0 at Wrexham and then saying that he didn't come for one of the crosses that maybe he should have against Newport. And yet, uh, it's a fair comment that he makes there, Joel, that he made two important saves at 1-0 on Saturday and that kept us in it. And it's, um, it's I suppose, um, you know, he's the same as any outfield player, aren't they, goalkeepers? They, they, have, they do have dips in form and... Uh, they do come good. Sometimes the deflections fly past you. Sometimes they they, they fly and you can tip it over in your hero. And it, it's the same with any outfield player, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think as well. Like, especially he's been kind of on the bench for quite a long time, and I think yeah. we. I think you know what we've had. A, we've taken a couple of keepers recently, and, and both Stuart Moore and Conor Ripley, who've been kind of. The substitute keeper for for a long period of time, I thought Connor probably started a little bit slowly. He's had that mistake against Peterborough. You can cast your mind back about a year and a half now, but he's had that mistake against yeah. Peterborough in the second game of last season. Uh, but then he kicked on from there. I remember there were a few doubts at the start of the season about Stuart Moore, but by the but just up until his injury, he ended up being the highest performing shot stopper in the league. So yeah, you know, I think it's one of those where. Especially with goalkeeping, you, you know, as well, as it takes. It's not like you're going to get quite a, quite a lot of touches in every single game. As a goalkeeper, it's going to really brush the rust off. It's you know, you only get maybe like four or five moments in a game when you really get to do something. Yeah. And you know, it's, I think it probably does take a bit of a while to get into into your swing. And obviously, for Adam Smith coming in, it's it's obviously taking him a few games. But at the end of the day, he was. Uh, lead two team in the season in fifteen sixteen for uh, Northampton's uh, uh, I think lead two winning side mm-hmm. under Chris Wilder. So yeah. you know he's obviously a goalkeeper who has good ability at this level, and sometimes it's just you know fine brushing off a bit of that rust, playing yourself into a bit of form again, and you know hopefully Doncaster is a, a sign that he's been able to do that after the Wrexham um, game. Um, uh... Jed said to me he had a, had a word with uh, Adam and had a chat with him and tried to boost his confidence. And Barry's obviously been doing that. But I always think it's a special shout out to the players. They're obviously so together and supportive of each other. And, you know, like I said, thirdly, Adam, Adam was a third shout out to Adam for, you know, getting back into it and doing really well. You know, he, he made some great saves against um, Stockport as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. a fair comment he did. You're right. He kept us in it there. So. So moving on, um, we've we've got an interesting fixture uh, coming up on on the Saturday game, um, and as Joel quite rightly pointed out in last week's pod, um, we don't want a four 0 home defeat, which has happened two seasons running against MK Dons. Uh, they haven't had the best of uh, starts this year. They were probably expecting to do a little bit better, um, and a. I think looking at the personnel that they've got, they're going to be disappointed with the start they've had, aren't they, Joel? Yeah, I mean they've been that disappointed. Obviously, they've gone and sat Graham Alexander, and uh, which I mean, I, I thought it was a bit of an odd choice for them at the start of the season, uh, given kind of his tip. What you kind of you probably put him slightly more on the pragmatic side for lead two managers, whereas. MK got that kind of history of trying to. They've got a long kind of history of trying to play a bit more on the deck, and it felt like a bit of a deviation from what their plan might be. And 
you know, it's not worked out despite a couple, despite a very exciting win against Wrexham on the opening day. But like you say, they've got a really, really good set of players. Uh, they've obviously they've got oh, what's it, what's he called again? The, the lad, the, I think the fella from Gateshead, isn't it? Who they've managed to uh, yeah. the poach from Gateshead. Yeah, he, he's he's rated yeah. incredibly highly, and he, it looks like he's kind of played them into a bit of form. I've just been looking at some of the numbers from the last few games, the creating some of the highlights to playing some decent football as well. Like you said, they've got some really good players, Warren O'Hora, Jack Payne, you know, they're, they're, they're good players in there. And I think they're going to be a challenge to reform. Again, they're not, what, what's nice, I think I said this about Doncaster last week, after a bit of a weird kind of opening few weeks for Jed, this kind of little run of games is a little bit more, I think we're going to get a bit of a, a bit of an idea, starting with Doncaster last week, a few more kind of, Maybe more mid-table League Two teams, and hopefully, yeah. not, not quite as balmy conditions as Stockport the other week. And uh, when when Jed's had a bit more kind of time to implement his kind of philosophy into the side, doesn't mean we're going to win everyone, but we just I think we are going to bit start to see a bit of a clearer picture. I think while they're in good form at the moment, MK Dons, I think this will be one of those games. I think I think what we always have to look out for MK Dons, and it's probably a bit of a cliche to mention him, but Dean, Dean Lewington, uh, I, I think. Of all the many defeats and many goals from teams against MK Dons recently over the past couple of years, I, I look, whenever I've seen him play against us, a lot does come down from that left hand side. And he's good technically, but he's he, he's just really smart the way he steps into the field. He, he, he gives that extra bit of an overload. He picks a pass between the lines. I think we do have to be really, really careful of that. I remember the home game last year caused end up causing Donald Love quite a lot of trouble down that flank because you've got that extra man yeah. stepping to midfield. There's an extra play he has to deal with and then kind of puts him in a, in, in a position where he's kind of got to make tough decisions in how he positions himself. So I think that's something to watch out for. But yeah, they're a good team, NK Dons, but at the same time, as we showed last week, we're a really good side and I think it should be it could be a really interesting, exciting game of football. And uh, looking at looking at the fact about Dean Lewington, he, he featured in both games in our inaugural season in 2007 in the Football League when MK Dons were managed by Paul Ince and he featured in both, both of those games for him. Uh, and that was 16 years ago. So, and he's never been anywhere else, which is really unusual in this day and age, Charlie. Fair play to him. It's 770 appearances, I read. Yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? Really, 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 really good. And, uh... Hope he didn't bring, didn't play well on Saturday to celebrate it. But um, yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think we've got. I think I've been to MK Dons twice, twice or two or three times in the last couple of years, and they played top of the park on that massive pitch with their big passing, with their great passing game. Really depressing to watch. Um, and uh, but I think with the pitch size at the uh, the, the Mazuma. And our our midfield this year, I think we're I think we're better equipped to deal with them this year. I think. I think we'll. Uh, I think. I think. I think we I think we're hard to hard to beat this year than uh, last year. In the, in the years in League One, we played MK Dons. I hope you're right. I do hope you're right because, as I've said, we don't want another four miller. Uh, two seasons running of four nils is uh, is quite enough, and it's about time this hoodoo was broken, Joel, isn't it? To be truthful, um, I know where we had a similar sort of um, effect on South End when we played them. <laughs> Uh, but even they managed to beat us in the FA Cup one season, so it's about time we ended it, isn't it? Yeah, at least we gave, at least we allowed Southend to score a few goals against us. Uh, <laughs> and Dunn's have really done that to us. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it's frustrating. I think you know, they've been quite old games. I think. When I look back at them, I saw the highlights actually popped up, and I think MK Don's posted it on their Twitter feed. Um, 
the highlights from that uh, first season that we had in the League One. I remember looking back, we kind of like matched them relatively well across the pitch, but it was that point where where our cent- the centre of our defence was just so meek and such a pushover. Uh, they got them to our final third once and they just scored without really trying. So, and then obviously under, under Derek last season, it was a it was a difficult it was a difficult season. The squad building with a lot of players hanging over from the previous manager and you know budgetary constraints. So it, it's tricky these past two seasons when we played MK Dons. Uh, but hopefully, like I think it'll be a bit more of an even playing field this season. It's a squad that's been a bit, you know, I think it's more a bit more cohesively built. This squad, like I think Charlie's alluded to, like the energy that we've got in midfield, the players who can break up play, but also get the ball on the deck and knock it around a bit. I, you know, it, it should be a good game of football. I think hopefully it won't be <laughs> one of those four nil defeats. Hopefully it'll be. Hopefully we'll at least get a couple of goals. And uh, the next topic is uh, it's quite an interesting one. <clears throat> I'll move on, excuse me. Um, we've got a situation where we're playing Bradford on Boxing Day. Obviously, the 3-0 uh, home win uh, was um, Derek at his, his finest hour with uh, some quality shit hours. They walking on the pitch of the end and waving at the away end, etc. Substituting Jan Songo with five minutes left, etc., <laughs> etc. Et but Derek's been in the news this week. I know we don't talk about... Uh, ex-managers anymore, but I thought it was worth mentioning, as, as uh, Charlie's already alluded to. Um, I, I left a team in League Two that was 100% better than this. 100 times. Yeah, that has upset so many people in Scottish football, and I was like, that's typical Derek. He's, uh, he's looking for a reaction there, Charlie, isn't he? Well, you know, uh, I always have a lot of time for Derek, what he did to this football club, and uh, you know, we're good friends, and he, uh, he, uh, he, he, we all know. I think Glenn was saying on the uh, on the YouTube uh, fans fans uh, video uh, vlog that uh, he says we want to get a reaction. So we'll be wanting some more money, or we'll be wanting some extra um, transfer budget, or trying to rise out the players. He'll have some sort of plan, but. Uh, his 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 absolute he's um, actually great value on in the media, isn't he? It's great to watch, and uh, it's always uh, always exciting. Yeah, and from that point of view, Joel, um, another three 0 win away at Bradford would be good. That wouldn't uh, that wouldn't satisfy their faithful, but obviously they're cooking as usual, cooking through uh, managers as they do. Um, it's going to be tricky on the Boxing Day. Most people, uh, they'll probably turn up in the thousands as they normally do at Bally Parade. Yeah, I mean, it would have been quite, it would, it would have been probably very entertaining if uh, Derek had still been in charge going down to Bally yeah, Parade on Boxing Day. Yeah. It would have been an interesting one there, funny atmosphere. But uh, no, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you come out of that, uh, you, you, you just lost, you, you just you know, played Dundee, lost 1 0, and you come out and see your former teams won 5 0. Uh, I think he probably didn't mean to say something. Did he mean to go as far as he did? Um, 50-50. I think he definitely meant to make a point, but I'm not sure he meant to go as far as he did. But I'd lose my head if I went and saw my former team with the 5-0 to this. I'd be fuming. But uh, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bradford. I mean, again, the, 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 talking of like MK Dons and Graham Alexander, obviously they've picked up Graham Alexander now and... He actually looks like he's settled relatively well uh, in recent weeks. They're three in the bounce in the league, three wins in the bounce. Uh, just looking over the, the recent kind of starting lineups, they've kind of looks like they've settled a bit more. I think it seemed like there was quite a lot of chopping and changing under uh, 
under Mark mm. Hughes, and it seems like they've settled a bit more, maybe just focused on having a few more kind of key link-ups. I think Mark Hughes is doing what a lot of the two managers do badly, is thinking that they're going to try and to make, basically do a bit of a half-hearted attempt at playing nice passing football, but not don't don't really do it with much conviction. Uh, and they were a bit naff and quite easy to kind of poach the ball off and counter on. So, and you know, I'd assume that Ram Alexander's probably made them more pragmatic. There's a few things that make sense. He's got Jamie Walker playing in in that kind of three number ten role. It looks like in a kind of three four one two. He's a player. Well, he's a player, incidentally, that Derek brought into Bradford. Who I I rate. I think he's a good player, Jamie Walker. Uh, got a bit of legs around Richie Small within midfield and Alex Gilead. I know that's a player that you quite like, Freeze, isn't it? And uh, yeah, yeah, it is, it, yeah. It, it's yeah. It looks like they're ticking over relatively nicely. As a, as a side, they're in a bit of form at the moment. But again, you know, with the way that we've kind of what we've shown in the last couple of games and the gen, I even see the Newport game. We put there was some good stuff in there. You just kind of let down by a set piece defending, which we've now improved. So, you know, the, the, there's some good. You know, it's not. Yeah, you know, it almost sounds like I'm being a bit defeatist. Maybe I'm being a bit defeatist by complimenting them. But now it's just trying to get a bit of a, a bit of a grip on the opposition, and you know. uh It'll be a good game. It's always a good atmosphere at Valley Parade. I know we, we have a bit of a laugh and a joke, and it makes I think at times obviously it makes it difficult for managers and they can be quite reactive, but at the same time it is quite fun having that kind of a ground to go to when it's quite big and there's a bit of an atmosphere there and it's relatively full. So you know, Boxing Day Bradford, it's gonna be a good fun one. So hopefully we'll be able to turn up and uh, make their fans very, very cross. They've won five in a row, conceding only one goal, and they're playing Doncaster away on, on Saturday. <laughs> what maybe, could possibly go wrong? You know what? Well, maybe they'll have a reaction. Stopper had a reaction the other week after uh, on Saturday, didn't they? After losing to Aldershot in the FA Cup. But this is the league table. It's so exciting. If you look, it's like Bradford fourteenth on twenty nine, and Harrogate on twenty seven, Newport twenty six, and that's seventeenth. So there's like four or five points between seventeenth and the playoffs. Yeah, every, it is ridiculous. Every, isn't it? every point counts. Start, yeah, you win. Stockport County point might might be very very valuable. And following on from that, obviously, um, <laughs> setting up what Joel just said there, looking at Valley Parade on Boxing Day, and we uh, we go to Notts County, um, another really tricky away game. We managed to nullify them in the whole game, but it was at the expense of our um, our. Uh, Attacking exploits that night, but they looked a decent side, Joel. They knocked it about nicely. Um, they had a couple of chances in the first half, but we nullified it in the second half. But in the end, we were all pretty happy with the point. But uh, they've gone on to be free scoring, haven't they? Well, they have, but they've also gone on to let the bad defending get the better of them. And they've been they've been woeful defensively. They've lost two or three of the bounce now. Uh, they're conceding goals for fun. They're making stupid errors at the back. You know, they lost to Harrogate the weekend. Long, long may it continue. Yeah, long may it continue. And and look, you know, they're, they're fantastic. In many ways, they're fantastic. The way they pass the ball, the way they move it about, the creative plays they've got, you know, that front three of kind of McGoldrick and Crowley as kind of inside fours behind Macaulay Langstaff. That's, a, that's you know, a really sensational front three for this division. And they've got some great players in the main, Jody Jones on the left, you know, I know... Uh, Matty Palmer's injured. He's a fantastic player. I think he was there. I think they, I think he's probably been a big loss to them because he was a the, the proper metronomic presence in the middle. But they've still got you know quality players like John Bostock in there. So they've got the quality and and you can see in the patterns of play that we saw that they've got the movement, they've got the creativity. 
uh, even though we did nullify it well, very well on that day. But, you know, you just can't defend that badly and be that sloppy with the ball playing out from the back. And that's not to say that, oh, they should just start kicking it long. They've, they've got to be better. They've got to do what they're trying to do better, essentially. Maybe take a little bit more caution in certain moments, but they've got to do what, they, what they're trying to do better. But they're not in the moment. And, you know, we've got a quite an energetic young team. And I think, potentially, you could argue that we might be quite well-placed to exploit it, but we'll just have to kind of see where their form is and where our form is going into going the 29th. Yeah, it was a long way to go. And the, uh, with it being this time of year, obviously, four games coming thick and fast, um, you can either put put yourself in a position where you can have a charge in the new year or you're in a situation where you're playing catch-up. Uh, and in the past couple of seasons, we've always really been playing catch-up, despite the fact that some of the results have gone our way. Um, I'm thinking, you know, the Doncaster a couple of years ago when we came back to win 4-3, etc. Um, but we always tend to be playing catch-up at this time of year for the last sort of two, three seasons. Uh, it might be a bit, hopefully, a bit different this time, Charlie. Well, hopefully. I'm just looking at the league table again in now, and, you know, Notts County, we're five points behind with two games in hand. If we, if we manage to actually win that game, we'd be two points behind with two games in hand on them. You know, so, so Which is pretty, yeah. It's, a place to take. It, it, Wimbledon, we've got a game in hand. So if we if we can continue with the form and keep playing keep playing good football, there's no reason why we're not going to be up there. I don't know if you saw on social media today, Freeze. It'd be a long long way from us, but there was a, there was a supercomputer calculation of the end of season of League Two table. Have you seen it? No. You know, all the supercomputer technical uh, data that people like Joel and James Wakefield get all excited about. Guess what, <laughs> position, guess what position we've guess what position we're, with the comp, supercomputer says more we're going to finish this year. Go on. Have a guess. Uh, seventh. Third. Whoa! Okay. Get, guess the That's points total. Guess, guess the guess the points total that's given us. Go on. Nine. 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 That somebody's pointed out that that's us taking uh, 62 points out of a possible 78. So it's only dropping uh, 16 points between now and the end of the season. So let's let's bring which, it on. Which, yeah, which just goes to show you the super computer is it's about as accurate as the same ones that that predict the weather. <laughs> it's about as accurate as the ones that predict us to go down. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one, that one. Um, it just goes to show you that computer programmers are also on drugs, doesn't they? <laughs> the computers I don't know what they... I, don't, I, I didn't, I didn't realise that computers could actually sniff glue, but they... I didn't realise. I, did, I didn't, didn't think that... I wasn't surprised at the third, but I was surprised at the points tally more than anything. Yeah, I can kind of see how we might be... And some, somebody might work us out as any up third, but putting us on 93 points is quite something. Mm. <laughs> 99 points to well, Stockport, which you know what wouldn't actually entirely surprise me to be fair. Well, it, it, well the interesting thing is, I'm, I'll, I'll come to the next topic because automatically that leads us on nicely to the, the discussion that we, we're going to inevitably have in the fact that we've got three or four players who are on loan who are probably going to be in demand in January because people have been looking at them saying, Oh, they're doing a really good job and, and keeping Morecambe in contention, and obviously, um. Uh, the two that uh, most people's list would be Eli King and Michael Mellon, but there are others. But from that point of view, um, I know 
uh, he was suggesting that uh, that Jed and uh, and Greg Strong switch the phones off for the entirety of January so nobody can get hold of us. That's the unusual answer to the problem, Joel. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say change the SIM cards uh, <laughs> and maybe just go on holiday for a couple of weeks and you know, somewhere where they can't be contacted, go backpacking around uh, East a- uh, Southeast Asia or something like that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm spinning all kinds of positive takes in my head. You know, Michael Mellon's still very young. Hopefully, you know, when, when, when Adam uh, Phillips got recalled by Burnley, he was 21. Maybe Burnley thought time wasn't on their side. They wanted to get him some... Uh, League One experience pretty soon, but you know, ugh, I might be clutching at straws a bit though. So uh, we'll just have to see where we're at. Uh, you know, you'd like to think that the the, the loaning clubs would think, look at what looking out, look at how well we're doing with them. I think what will probably work in our favour is if we are able to keep up the good form over the next few weeks, uh, keeping that kind of playoff and uh, or uh, you know maybe if, if we won all our games over Christmas, I'll probably put us in a bit of a automatic promotion hunt, but. Uh, at least keeping the playoff hump, I think, would probably do our chances of keeping keeping those players quite good. You know, making sure that there's going to be competitiveness and kind of something to fight for for the until until the end of the season. I think that'll probably be a bit of a be a bit of a perk for the for for the club's loan in the mouth. Yeah. And you know, yeah. uh, we'll just have to see where we are in a few weeks. Really, you know, desperately hope we can keep hold of them. I'd like to think that. You know the game time we're giving the players that you know the way they're developing with us will just make those kind of those clubs that you know what well, actually you know let's let's keep them here they're doing a good job you know but you never really know it can be a bit cut bit of a cutthroat business as we've kind of been stung with in the past so we just got to keep our fingers crossed really and I'm sure uh, Jed and uh, Greg have got some plans to try and keep them here. Yeah, I'm looking at the bigger picture, Charlie, I know we spoke last week and Jed said um, it, they were looking at other targets that should they, um, Mellon and, and King, etc., disappear, that they would have people that would come in to replace them. But obviously uh, it, it's difficult to hit the ground running, so you're kind of hoping that that doesn't happen, aren't you? Certainly are. I mean... Um... They've been brilliant, and Greg, Greg, as we know, we're a great asset. Greg uh, Strong's been for us, and Jed and Greg are working really hard on trying to keep the players and uh, and have a backup plan. If not, um, uh, Greg used the example the other day. We talked about George Tanner. Um, yeah, Greg was actually working for Salford then. Don't you know that? Yeah, Greg was responsible for removing George Tanner from Morecambe to Salford. And they're not. Was it? He didn't play. Yeah. Didn't he? No. So Greg, Greg, used that in a very, very common, in a very common uh, occurrence with with clubs by saying, "Morecambe, we'll give your player game time." You know, they 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 mature and they improve and they get they get more time with Morecambe. So if you want to put them somewhere else in a championship team, they're going to be on the bench fair enough. But you may, may as well may as well keep them playing. And taking over and doing what they're doing, and they'll learn more. They'll be more valuable. There'll be more, more, more hype about them, you know. And George Tanner's a perfect. He's done well to play the championship with, with Bristol City, but that's a very, very poignant example of why lone players should stay at Morecambe. I rest my case. Well, and on that case, we'll we'll move on to our our final topic, uh, and obviously we need it's the uh, the elephant in the room. <laughs> I'm going to call this the Jason and the EFL segment. 
Um, it's been fun and games this week, Joel. Um, there's been quite a few fans disquiet coming out on the internet, which is understandable. Um, and then this comes out with the EFL where there's the possibility of points deduction and fines being banded about, etc., etc. Um, obviously, Saab Jock turning up last week um, against Stockport. Um, most people sort of like going uh, going a bit crazy about that as well, Joel. Uh, there's loads going on in the background. Obviously, we've got Charlie here to sort of like clarify things, which is good. Yeah, no, plenty going on. I think, you know, it's uh, it's just quite a difficult situation we're in. I think, uh, personally, I, I know it looked quite scary, the EFL statement. I do think it was, for me, personally, sort of, I think, trying to read into it a little bit, I thought it was there was some encouragement there in, in the way that it kind of... The the, the frequent naming of uh, uh, Mr Whittingham was, personally, for me, encouraging that. You know, it seemed like there was a bit of a targeted thing there. But hopefully... You know, it's, it is something that will continue to kind of push the sale of the club forward and hopefully we'll get a conclusion on it soon. Yeah. So, Charlie, what's the um, what's the take on this from the uh, official boardroom uh, view? Yeah, well, first of all, I really, really appreciate that there are lots of things that might be unsettling people from, from players through to... The, man, the, the, the non-playing staff and the, the staff in general. Ben's been very, very, very communicative with all the staff as much as possible as he can be. So, what? So, what's the sketch with the? Obviously, the, the board have come out saying they, you know, their statement just before we went live last week was that the uh, the board are, are actively seeking discussion with Jason regarding the situation. Um, obviously, where do we stand now? On, on the same we made about helping find a new owner, um, a, a buyer for the club, for, with, with Jason working more closely with him, yeah, that has happened. Um, we are working on a couple, well, two or three really exciting uh, avenues of of, uh, of uh, uncovering a buyer for the club for the future. Um, and of course, it's, it's, it's Jason's club to sell, so he he he, he we, we can do so much for introducing interested parties and. And, and, and but his club to sell, he, the kind of thing about that eighty percent shareholder, he he, uh, he he's looking for a buyer, he's looking to try and sell the club, but that will that would be purely his decision on who he sells to. But all we can do the board is is put as many people in front of him as possible, try and work hard to try and uh, uncover the magic magic uh, party who's gonna who's gonna buy the club of Jason and we can move forward. If Jason wants Jason wants to leave, leave the football club, he wants to sell. He wants to sell. So the more people we can introduce to the, to the action and try and get people to put together a package which he's, he's happy with, then we'll move, we'll move on in the near future, I'm sure. So looking at the the monetary situation, obviously um, the guarantees that were provided by Jason, um, there's some doubt about. Um, that's still been there, etc. But um, it, it, from what we're, we're, we're sat, it looks like it's, it, it could possibly be something to do with the, with the cash flow. Is that correct? Uh, I can't go too much into the freeze because um, obviously we've got the charges and you know it's official hearing and yeah, you know, I, I don't want to jeopardise any any investigation hearing on a podcast where where uh, I might waffle on and say too much, but. Um, 
we've made a statement and I can't add to that very much, but we, you know, we, 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 we will be defending our, our corner as much as possible. So, uh, sorry, I can't go too much into it, but I can't jeopardize the, the, the charges. But, um, you know, what I've seen lots of lots of uh, lots of angst and uh, worry on the on the uh, on the on the on social media and voices and uh, all the different mediums we have. And, uh, you know, the board of directors, you know, we we, we are living this on from a day to day basis of, of really, really trying very hard to make sure we meet our obligations, which we do, which we do a very good job of over the years. It's not all it's not all. Uh, not Wrexham, um, and and we 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 working we work so hard on everyone's behalf. You know we are we are we are fans of the club. We represent everyone who's on these message boards and on these uh, these uh, social media platforms. We're going to look after the club for you. We're going to do a great job for you. We have done for so many years, way before I came along, um, and we've continued to do so when James and I've been here. You've got to trust us. There are issues. There are issues. Obviously, there are, you can tell the issues because of the charge being brought. But um, one thing to say is the deposit account was 125 percent of a monthly wage bill. They, I think the EFL put out turnover. They, they, they made they made a mistake. Yeah. 125 percent of, of of the wage bill. Um, but you know, we 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 are trying to meet our financial obligations all the time and cash flow. You know. If we get if we, if we beat Swansea and we 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 get, we get some player revenue and some some football fortune from the FA Cup into the fourth fifth, fifth sixth round final, you know we we quids in but you can't budget for football fortune in 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 your figures. You know you've got to have a cash flow cash flow um plan and cash is cash is king. You know in any business revenue is is vanity. Profit is sanity and cash is reality. That's not from football, that's from any business you run. And Morecambe Football Club, yeah. is, Morecambe Football Club, Morecambe Football Club Limited is a business. Yeah? Yeah. But yeah, that's true. And we're kind of, so, so we haven't got any debt. It's, it's not a situation where, where we owe loads and loads of people money. Um, but, you know, so that's all I can say on it, really. But um, people shouldn't be worried that. You know, people, people, there's some comments about, you know, we're a self-financing club. Well, we are, we are, we are self-financing in the way we don't borrow loads of money to keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> people don't, but banks don't want to lend to football clubs anyway, but, you know, we, 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 we meet our, we meet, meet our obligations by very careful cash, cash management. And uh, that, that, that's, that's really the main issue, like you say. Well, thanks for that, Charlie. That's uh, should put a lot of people's minds at rest. Hopefully, for the time being, anyway. I fully, I fully, 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 fully appreciate it. You know, I, I, when when all this stuff was going on, press me coming along, and I was reading on the internet all these like these 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 these, these rumours about these carlas and the and the and the uh, day yeah. and everything. You know, and it, I, I, I've been in that situation, but. You've got to trust Rod Gray and myself and Mick and Ben and James. You know, we 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 are here to look after the football club. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed that it all becomes a little bit clearer in the new year. And uh, so we'll, we'll wrap up now. Joel, anything from the trust? Not particularly this week, really. Obviously, just kind of winding down the lead up to Christmas. Uh, 
Yeah, not to read too much to report on the minute. Uh, just kind of ticking over, really, and hopefully have a few things lined up in the new year. Well, um, I, I don't know what episode this is now. I always lose track. I think it's probably 18 or 19 of the season, as per usual. Uh, thank you for listening as uh, all watching, as usual. I hope you have a good Christmas and a fantastic new year. It'll be nice to see you. Uh, we'll chat about, well, obviously we'll have plenty to chat about because we'll have uh, MK, Dons, Bradford, Notts County and Harrogate to discuss if we've won all four of them, which, uh, uh, and I predicted that, I'll leave me on earwax. But, um, and then we'll have the Swansea <laughs> game to look forward to. We'll have the Swansea game to look forward to then as well. So we've got plenty to come up. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, all we can do is keep playing the way we are and see we are. Thanks to Charlie. Thanks enjoy, to John. Enjoy, enjoy, uh, uh, enjoy the football and enjoy what, we, what, we, what, we, what we're doing at the moment and and uh, have a great Christmas and Merry Christmas to all Shrimps fans. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, happy Shrimps Christmas. See you all in the new year. <laughs>